This is Luke Walton Talks Lakers. I'm Jonathan Gilley, and joining us as always from our studio in Los Angeles, it's Luke, Coach Walton. What up, Coach? How's it going, John? How you feeling? Uh, dude, the series is over. It's done. You saw it on their faces. It's done. They gave their last little burst of energy there at, at the end, but it's done. We're up. We're up three-one in the series uh, after a 110-100 win uh, over the Rockets last night and a 112-102 victory on Tuesday night. So I mean, I mean, again, the way the way I think about it is that we just have to win one of three. Mm-hmm. They have to win three of three. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. over. And they lost three in a row, the last two by double digits. I mean, even more than that, though, at halftime or like third quarter. The last three by double digits. I think we, we've been we by did. double oh, digits yeah, yeah, yeah. in all. I don't remember the game two score. Um, I'll check it. <laughs> 117-109. <laughs> um, so not, not quite. Okay. Not quite double digits. But You're right. Close. You're right. Sorry. The, my favorite part was just the look on everybody's eyes and the, the, uh, the commentators actually said something about it um, in the third quarter on on uh, Houston's bench they all just were like well we're going home they had this pail over their face and uh meanwhile our whole bench almost stormed the fucking court I know. when Taylor and Horton Tucker like I hit know. a three it's <laughs> amazing that was such a highlight of this whole game those little Taylor and Horton Tucker minutes going well nobody has film on him exactly no he got the he got the javel minutes we'll talk about him more but that was uh yeah i mean the the bench mob was in full force and then it was funny to see like you're saying their bench just like yeah eh. oh totally whatever you know teams take on the personality of their leaders it happens not just in sports but in kind of any situation and uh i wouldn't want to be on a team that takes on the personality of james harden uh me neither me neither i like here quick 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 in or out the the Rockets, not the Lakers, are the most entitled NBA team yes. in the in, league. In. Completely yeah, hundred percent. Our our fans might be the most entitled fans, mm-hmm. but from a team perspective, it's definitely them. Yeah, and it, and it's it's the just the the vibe of the team and the way that they talk and the way they talk about other teams and it's just it's just offensive. <laughs> I just yeah, don't like them. This it feels so sweet to be up three one against a team that I despise this much. That's all I gotta um, say. I'm with you. All right. Um, I want to, before we jump into it, I just want to thank our followers for tuning in again and invite you to subscribe to our pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, Audible, or wherever you get your pods. And if you're enjoying it, please share it with your friends. That's the biggest, biggest thing for us to grow a little bit. And uh, throw us a comment on iTunes. Um, and check us out on social media at www.lukewaltontalkslakers.com. All right. Ready for a quick in or out? Let's do it. Thanks, Luke. So, uh, all right, in or out, first one. We kept the right pieces of the young core. Ooh, in. In. And people are going to hate this, but in. Well, I, I phrased it this way on purpose. I said the yep. right pieces, not the yeah. best pieces. Yep. Right? Because I'm in on this 100%. Like, if, if you're trying to build a team around uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. these were the right players to keep. The two that play off ball. And, and like, yeah, to be clear, I mean, Caruso and Kuzma. Yeah. And uh, I mean, part part of this part of this discussion also is who like who would actually have been allowed to like have been kept. Ingram's like not realistic. Obviously, it would have been great to keep Ingram. But in well, the, we could have kept in, him over. We could have swapped out Kuzma potentially for Ingram. 
Really? You think they would have done that? Maybe. If they would have done that, I would have done that just because of the trade value right there. But there's no way, man. There's no there way. Was, there was talk that people wanted Kuzma over Ingram. I, I mean, okay, then I might be out on that because I would have. I would rather have Ingram than Kuzma. Um, just wait, for the really? Long term. On this yeah. team? I yeah, I would. But this wow. is this is more of a long term thing. I totally disagree because because I, I think that Ingram yeah. just disappears when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. Totally, totally. He's a totally uh, much more of an on ball player. I think he could have grown a little bit. I I think that he would have been able to lead our bench as like a a point guard. Mm, okay. Style. Okay player so okay. I, I i think we could have figured out a way to make that work and then we would have had ingram to trade for damian lillard so <laughs> <laughs> well okay so i think what i will say is i i think that if we think about a wider definition of the young core okay okay um i mean i think the mistakes are Ivica zubats yeah it would have been great yeah. not because not because i think he would have been like a huge game changer for our team but it mm-hmm. would just be nice to have not given like our main in-conference competitor, their starting center for nothing. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I then I think the, the other one is like, um, we kind of like, we kind of lost like um, uh, Svi and mm-hmm. um, Mikhail Mo Wagner. Yeah, and, and Mo, Mo Wagner. Wagner. Yeah. Kind of for nothing. Like that was yeah. kind of because of some like timing stuff around well, when we executed the AD, well, the Anthony Davis trade. Like, yeah. Again, and, I don't know if any of those trying, guys would have been game changers for us here, but I know, but it still would have been nice to have. Uh, I mean, either of those guys. I feel like a like a a stretch five. It's like because he he hit a lot of threes. Uh, Mo Wagner did this season. Um, so yeah, having a stretch five like in a series like this would be pretty nice because you could like you know and, have a guy that crashes the boards from the from the corners, kind of like how PJ Tucker does for the Rockets. But you know, and I don't and I don't remember like, what the trade was, but Thomas Bryant was also. One right. of those. Yeah. So th- there's kind know. of peripheral guys who I, I wouldn't call them. Yeah. The the young core. Right. They were like the young periphery who, who maybe we missed on. But I think of, of yeah. the actual like core, like five or six guys. I think we kept the right ones for for this for this run. Yeah. And and I, I think that the biggest part of that, at least for me, is Lonzo, who. Like Crusoe is everything that we wanted out of Lonzo and more for an undrafted guy. And we were able to get Anthony Davis with Lonzo. I mean, talk about talk about scouting like that. And insane. zero ego. Yeah, and zero ego. There's no. There's no and like because with Lonzo there. Yeah, there was ego. There was off court stuff. Like Caruso is clearly the real deal. He is not a meme. We've been talking about this all season long, as has all of like Lakers Nation. But now finally, the rest of the NBA is fully waking up to this guy and seeing him go vertical and block harden and you know like these little things that the rest of the league is like oh actually caruso just earns you the basically serious clinching victory in a lot of ways in this game so with yeah absolutely i mean it, it's funny like he um he, he did an interview with zach Lowe, and, and zach zach has been one of the people on our side who's recognized mm-hmm. that he's a real player um and he asked him about that he's like how do you feel about kind of some of these questions you get when people like mm-hmm. are kind of like laughing about that you're dunking or you know whatever and he's like yeah and he said he said something similar last night he's like i've been playing basketball like since i was in first grade like <laughs> it's just basketball man like i'm just going out there and playing hoops like yeah i'm in the nba i'm an nba player like mm-hmm. i'm not just here 
because I look funny. Like uh-huh. <laughs> they don't just have exactly. me around for laughs. Like I'm here because exactly. I play basketball. <laughs> so it's don't be surprised really when I do basketball things. <laughs> he's so damn good at it. That's what's surprising though is that he's like he's the top five perimeter defender. <laughs> I mean, I th- I think if if you had the the media revote, I don't know what the results are yet, but if you had them revote yeah. on, actually, do we know the all all defense team? I don't know. I'm I'm not sure if I'm just hearing rumors or because yeah. I, I saw I saw a post that AD was all defense, but I don't know if we have all three of the all because I I don't think yeah, I can't LeBron remember. got it, but LeBron definitely deserves it. Yeah, so let's, let's look into that. We can talk about that next. Part. Either way, I bet if they revoted today, Alex Cruz, we know Alex Cruz is not on it. If if yeah, they revoted today, I, I bet he would be. Um, which is ridiculous right. uh, <laughs> that's insane um, next up I'm just going to repeat this one from last time in or out yeah. on uh, playoff aka cornrow rondo in but I think that I've thought about this a little bit more okay. I think that playoff rondo might be a it might be an aberration in this series because of mm. the fit that he has against the Rockets the Rockets are so bad at guarding um, like somebody that's able to just attack the rim off the dribble. We saw that against OKC. We saw that with LeBron James. Yeah. So I think that like Rondo kind of would fit on Houston's team. So Mm. like, I I almost feel like there is this, this inherent mismatch in how he plays his game. That said though, the defensive end, he's really stepped up. Um, So yeah, I'm, I'm in on it. He clearly has, another level of focus that he just doesn't care to bring to the regular season, which is <laughs> frustrating. It's like, that's pretty infuriating, especially when you, he's slotted up against like Alex Caruso that plays every game. Like it's the end of his life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm in on playoff Rondo, but I don't know if he's going to be this effective against the, the Clippers or the heat. Um, uh, just because I think that there's like a system thing here. What do you, yeah. what do you think? I, so I, I'm with, I'm with you. I've, I've been thinking about this more too. In general, I'm, I'm in, if he's going to keep being this player mm-hmm. just on, on the surface, like I'm, I'm happy to have him play like 15 to 20 minutes. Totally. Totally. Night. I, I, exactly. I don't want to go too, too far on this yeah. thing. But I think you're right that there is a, there is a series fit here. To mm-hmm. me, what I'm seeing is, uh, the Rockets are really, really lazy defensively. Mm-hmm. And in addition to being bad at defending, you know, driving ball handlers, um, they're also like really bad at defending like uh, like cuts from like yeah. the short corner to the yeah. key. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing when Rondo was on the floor, it's freeing up AC mm-hmm. and Braun, most importantly, mm-hmm. and yep. Kuzma, who's naturally just like brilliant at this. To make those little cuts. Totally. It's the best part of Kuzma's game for sure. And, and you know? I mean, arguably the best part of Caruso's offensive game is that he's just so heads up on his cuts. We saw a lot of really good two-man game with him and LeBron. Yeah. Um, yeah, because Caruso's not a great, like, spot-up open shooter. No, and that's why I actually have liked he and Rondo paired when mm-hmm. LeBron is off the court. Which is so funny because we did not in the regular season. No, that was awful. We were like, we yeah. cannot do this. This is, but, so, but yeah. I think that AC is, is, I think he has improved even from the regular season pre-bubble um, at playing off ball. He's always been, been good at it, but I actually mm-hmm. think that he might be a more effective player off ball right now yeah. than he is totally. on. Totally. Um, and here's, here's, here's another, here's another point about playoff Rondo. And I, I'd even expand this to say playoff 
like Lakers, like this current iteration of the Lakers. We haven't seen this before, and it's been a while since we've been in the playoffs. But there's something huge to be said about having like a vet savvy team and coaching staff and then playing the same team over and over and over yes, again. Yes. Um, I, I, uh, here, let me throw a in and out at you. This is something that, uh, Pete Zayas from Laker film room, um, said about the rockets. He said, they are like solving a Rubik's cube. Mm. You figure it out. And now whatever combination it's in, you, you know how to do it for the rest Rubik's of your life. Cube. Yeah. I think, think that's, that's, I'm so in on that. No, that, yeah, a hundred percent. I was, I was kind of thinking the same thing that like, man, this team just had no adjustment in them. No, they, they, they did one thing. It. Yeah. And once we figured that out, it was over. And it was kind mm-hmm. of the same thing with Portland Trailblazers. Mm-hmm. I think my concern is that I don't think that that's the case for the Clippers. No, it's definitely not. It's definitely, I not. think that the Clippers like, you know, we're going to talk about it a little bit, but like, we can't just come into game one without a real plan and feel them out. Right. Like we have to Absolutely. come into game one with a clear plan. Yeah. And then we have to make adjustments mid game and, and throughout the series. Right. Because mm-hmm. if we figure something out, like doc rivers is a good coach mm-hmm. and he has mm-hmm. good assistance. Like they, they will make adjustments. So, you know, it's, I, yeah, I have some, I have some thoughts on that, but yeah, let's save it for the, for the, later yeah. part of the show yeah. draw the listeners in so they have to you know continue on this road with us but yeah i, I have some thoughts I, I i think we're gonna be in a better spot in game one that's my little spoiler cool i'm excited to hear more about this um all right next up in or out Taylor horton tucker should start game five. Oh my god <laughs> yeah hell yeah <laughs> fuck it let's do it that was that was like some of the most fun i've had in the playoffs here so yeah, my it favorite was just part like, was jeff van gundy being like I'm not sure why Stan. this guy is playing. Stan, right? Stan Vegas. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, Stan being like, I'm not sure why this guy's playing. But like, but then after he played, being like, that young man did a great job and my hat's <laughs> off to him. And <laughs> it was great. I, oh, I actually, yeah. Well, a little nugget. At the yeah. end of the game, they were talking to Anthony Davis about it. Uh-huh. Do you know which like vet they've assigned to Taylor Horton Tucker? jr smith you're kidding me no no ad was like you know jr is his vet so jr is like in his ear every day oh my God. making sure that he knows the game plan making sure that he's ready quizzing him testing him <laughs> dude maybe f- jr is actually like a really great asset to have on your team and we've just been like yeah. totally misled by all the shirtless memes yeah no i mean i of course he is he's like a what 15 year bed or something like that yeah and yeah. i mean yeah he's and he's been on so many different playoff runs with so many different teams um yeah clearly the dude is good at like scheming and knows basketball well and that but it's also funny because i could also see like how how guys like ron artest or jr smith or something like that could be like i'm gonna teach you so you don't make the same mistakes <laughs> i made <laughs> Yeah, take it really serious and be super earnest about it. Yeah, it's like not a hazing thing. It's, it's, it's a love thing. Yeah, exactly. So I could totally see that. And and Jr. Um, I, like I was impressed just from the first week with the team when he was in the bubble, like all the stuff he was posting on social media. Like he's doing like roll calls in the hallway and yeah. just like you know good team chemistry stuff. So that that's fun to hear. I didn't know that that he was THT's vet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. Um, um yeah all right 
how about this one? This is a more realistic one. That was more just like yeah, for fun. It, shooting dude, on the rockets. Those THT minutes were just unadulterated joy. Oh, it was like, so good. And he was like plus eight or something in those minutes. It was yeah, I think it was plus nine. Yeah, he it was great. He, he played well. Um, uh, plus nine. You're right. Um, okay. So this one's a little more serious because I think that one is kind of a joke. Yeah. Uh, this one's more serious. Markeith Morris should start for the rest of the playoffs. No. For the rest of the series, yes. I don't know about the rest of the playoffs. Depends on who we're playing. How about this? What if he's not starting at center? What if he's starting yeah. at, at power forward? Yeah. I mean, I think it. I think he would match up really well against the Clippers with that lineup. It, one of the biggest problems that we have with the Clippers is the uh, is the spacing and them clogging the key, and he definitely helps making that less of a possibility. And he's plays so physical. Um. So I could I could see the argument against the Clippers. I could see the argument. I haven't watched enough Heat to know how we should handle that with our bigs. Um, I'm yeah, planning on watching more of them me in the neither. Eastern Conference. I just know that Tyler Hero is like legit, and that their defense is really good and scrappy. I actually see a lot of the Lakers in the Heat. I think it would be an interesting matchup. Yeah, I, I do too. I think it'd be super fun. I don't want I don't want to play the Celtics. I know you kind of do, but I don't just because I don't want the losing to the Heat. It's like hedging my losses here. If we lost the Celtics and they went up another championship on us, I just don't even want to take that risk. Like I know, I know but you have fun. to take that risk if you want to <sighs> if you want to tie it up. I know, but we can tie it up without them. <laughs> we don't need them to dance and and win the I guess that's yeah, I, okay. That that is fair. Uh, yeah, you're right. We don't have to play them to tie it up. But I just don't want but, them sniffing it, man. I, I know I get close. that, but like, <laughs> oh, it would be epic. It would be so epic. It would be. I know. Also, I like, say that now. I, I also like. I don't think that this Celtics team is that bulletproof. I agree. I agree. No, I think we'd beat the Celtics team too. I I, I think we might beat them handily. Like Daniel Tice. Like, come on. Yeah, like, we can no, I know. take him. We can totally. Take um, him. I feel the same way about Toronto now too. After watching them more. I think that they're beatable. Um, I know that we we probably anyway. We'll get there. We'll yeah. get there. Yeah. Sorry. What, what what were we talking about? We're talking about <laughs> we're talking so about Markeith Moore. We're talking about Markeith okay, Moore. Yeah. So here, here's right. what I would so say. Was, I, that's why I was thinking of all the other teams and how yeah. we fit up against yeah. all of them. Yeah. Yeah. What do you what do you think about I, this? So uh, okay, I guess I don't necessarily think he should start for the rest of the playoffs, mm-hmm. but I think that Vogel should, when he thinks about his starting lineup, think about it as six people. Okay. I don't think that he should just have it in stone that JaVale is the starter mm-hmm. and yeah. then make an adjustment mid-series. I think that he should should be really thinking, all right, should I be playing? And it's really like a, a triangle. It's not it's not mm-hmm. just JaVale and Markeef. It's like JaVale, AD, Markeef. I'm not saying you wouldn't start AD, but I'm saying like, yeah. should you slide AD up and drop mm-hmm. Markeef in? I think he should I, be really thinking yeah. about that every game. Yeah, I get it. I get it. And the ability to play five out, especially against somebody like the Clippers, is going to be really good because it'll help free up LeBron to the rack and, and AD to the uh, to those mid-range jumpers. Uh, real quick, I want to throw an inner, inner out at you. Um, people have gotten the Kobe Shaq metaphor with LeBron and AD backwards, thinking mm. that LeBron is Kobe and AD is Shaq. I would say it's the reverse. It's not a perfect, it's not a perfect like analogy either, but I think that it's closer to say that AD is more of like the Kobe type finesse, you know, throws down a dunk in your face, but that's not like what he does every play. And then LeBron's the one that barrels towards the basket, posts you up. 
you know, I mean, shot. yeah, I suppose if we're talking stylistically, I'd agree with you. Yeah, obviously, it's not a perfect comparison at all. They're their they're their own duo. They're their own well, thing. Here's what I think it kind of is. It's it's sort of like. um, Like. I actually think that they're kind of like a combo of, of each of them. Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah, a- yeah. AD is Kobe and Shaq's body and LeBron is yeah, exactly. Kobe and Shaq's body or, uh-huh. or the other way around Shaq and Kobe's body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it is it, what I guess what I'm saying is yeah, to your point, the bigger guy is actually more of the finesse player. Yeah. Not to say LeBron doesn't have finesse. He, he, he absolutely does, he does, but he, but he is much more like physically dominant in, in right. a Shaq style he, way. And, and we, and like we saw that play out and I, I felt that in my frustrations in game one, it was like, ah, oh, AD get on the block and punish these guys. It was like, <laughs> no way LeBron get on the block and punish these guys. And yeah. that worked. It was yeah. like AD, you space the floor, LeBron, you go inside. You just destroy Westbrook every single time, <laughs> <laughs> which he, he did in protection of the women and children. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, next one, in or out. Um, this is yeah. another repeat from a, from a while back. Mm-hmm. Alex Caruso is the most likable non-star to ever play for the Lakers. Damn it, dude! I think I've got to go. I think I've got to go with you now. Like, who, who is more likable of our of our non-star people? I mean, do you count Derek Fisher as a star? Yes. Okay. Yes. That that's the thing is like, where is the line of star? It like Odom star, six man. I would, I would say Odom is a star, yeah. Yeah, I would too, because he was an all-star. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I, I, I see it. I see it. Just because it's like, he, his story sounds like, like a 2K career, my player setting, <laughs> that like I did once. Like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, I, basically like I started in China and I worked my way back and then I got in the G League. You know, it's like, it obviously didn't start in China, but he was undrafted. And now he's like a starter level player on a championship team in the matter of a few years. And the only reason why we like knew him and trusted him was because he basically secured the G League, not the G League, the summer league victory for the Lakers. And it was like, oh, Lonzo was hurt, but it didn't matter. At yeah, all. I think quite poetically, Lonzo was out and it didn't matter because yeah. we had AC. And it was just that was the most clear like flash forward that's exactly what happens Lonzo's gone doesn't matter you have this other guy this bald white dude who has got all of the skills that the number two pick of the draft has go figure man what a world and 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 like and and I mean again like I saw this I saw this tweet but it's so true like like he missed his sister's wedding Mm -hmm. because he didn't want to leave the team Mm-hmm. He had everyone's permission. LeBron said, "Hey, I understand. I understand." Mm-hmm. Rob Palenka said, "Hey, we all understand. If you if you need to go and spend this time with your sister and your family, we like we totally understand." And he didn't, mm-hmm. you know. And, and it's like you've got Rockets fans out here, like with all these conspiracy conspiracy theories about Daniel House and like yeah, this you know da, da, da. it's like hey, you know what like. One way or another, whether it was him or not, someone on your team invited someone back into their room outside of protocol. Yeah. So someone on your team, like, I'm not saying this isn't a difficult situation. This is a super difficult situation. But if you want to talk about, like, levels of dedication, Alex Crusoe has shown a level of dedication to this team that, that, that is 
really unmatched because this circumstance is unmatched, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it, and it kind of takes a player like him who doesn't take anything for granted and is just like, you know, he, he understands the unlikeliness of everything that had to fall into play for him to even get his shot. And now that he's got his shot, he's going to show everybody and he's doing it. Yeah. And that's, it's so great to have some like scrappiness on this vet team where, you know, like, and, and it's also lucky that he's older, you know, like Lonzo part, part of my dig on him is, is, is age. And that's part of the reason why he's being paid a lot is because there's like that promise of, you know, growth. I think Caruso's like 27, 26, like he's older than I thought he was. And that's exactly what we need right now. Same thing with Kuz. And I, I think going back to your young core in or out, I think that's really important is the fact that we kept the older side Mm. of the young core is is not great long term not great from a gm perspective but it's great from a team perspective and a great for like growth potential and the ability to actually like step up and man up in the playoffs these guys you know clearly like kuz is bigger caruso is obviously hulk mode uh, like <laughs> captain part, america part of, that, part of that's just their their, their age like they're yeah not, they're not young boys out there we and, also and are not a like team it. that has ever really built through the draft like i mean i think that the the well, magic and worthy yeah yeah, yeah yeah but kareem wasn't right right kareem wasn't Shaq and kobe weren't like yeah there's always team, an element this team yeah. certainly isn't you know so mm-hmm. uh i think f- for us to like hold on to some naive idea that like oh man but like lonzo and bi with nance with clarkson with hart with Kuzma, yeah. with AC, like that would have been a championship team no. in another three or four years. Like maybe, no, man, maybe, probably not. It, probably not, because you usually need to get some veteran experience to teach them. Well, how what's going to happen they, when they, that team goes up against Giannis and Jimmy Butler and Kawhi yeah. Leonard? We're seeing that in the playoffs, right? I feel like that should wash away some of the naivete. Is like there there are playoff caliber players and they're good regular season players and in order to win in the playoffs you need some of these guys that could win in the playoffs and it's it's hard to just like i know that now well, you know, i think that's what the raptors are experiencing yeah all season long we were like whoa spicy yeah. p like they apparently they didn't need Kawhi after all mm-hmm. and now they're in the playoffs and it's like mm-hmm. oh wait it matters to have like an otherworldly player on your team. Yeah. And Kyle Lowry to his to his credit, he's he's, he's stepped up. Stepped but it's up. like how yes. how long can he keep that totally. engine burning at that speed? Um, and and in, hey, and in yeah. fairness, the, the Raptors with with Kawhi were pushed to mm-hmm. a game seven and and won it on a game seven yep. game winner. Or or I think it was yeah. I think that was game seven against was, the Sixers, yeah, right? That, yeah, that was a ridiculous that yeah. bounce off the rim, like falling out of bounds. So, hey, like the circumstance is actually not that different. The team without him mm-hmm. is in a game seven in the, in the mm-hmm. Eastern Conference semifinals. So like they just don't have right, somebody maybe, to take that shot. But they, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. How about this in or out? Yeah. Our best closing lineup is Rondo, Alex Caruso, LeBron James, Anthony Davis and Markeith Morris. And I asked this because that's who closed us out last night. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I think that <laughs> no, I don't think so. I mean, like. What would you change? Rondo or AC. Okay. You know, like that, that just doesn't look like a lot of spacing to me. Um, I like, I, I like that. Yeah. You have two guys that can kind of handle the ball and then you have a really great cutter, a physical guy, and then, you know, all star superstar center. I get why on paper that kind of makes sense, but I don't know. Just watching it, it still felt kind of like it wasn't like maximizing 
what we're able to do. I I like I, I like I like KCP as a cutter still. I yeah. think he's a great defender. I I think that Danny Green, even though he's really struggled in these playoffs, I think he's he's starting to look better. Um, I know that he, there's a lot of eye test stuff going on with Danny Green. Yeah, he's he's struggled in three point shooting, but I think he's actually yeah. been pretty effective in in quite a few other ways. For sure, me too. And I like so. I don't know. Yeah, if we I would. Really I, need I'm to reinvent the wheel there. I'm with you. I I think that like instead of yeah Rondo or AC, but probably more Rondo. I would rather see one of mm-hmm. those three guys: Kuzma, KCP, or Danny Green. Kind of depending upon who's maybe hot that night. Mm-hmm. And you know, to that to that point, something I was thinking about is throughout this playoffs, um, it really has been like you, you talk about like Vogel has said a few times like the third guy is just like whoever it is that night, right? Like we don't yeah. have an always third guy. And and if you think about it, it's actually like kind of true because mm-hmm. we've we've had like a Rondo game, we've had a KCP yep. game, um, yep. we I think we, we had, had a, we had an AC game last night. I think yeah, um, I we had yeah we've had a Markeith Morris night. Um, I don't think we've really gotten a Kyle Kuzma night. He's played really well. It's not to say he yeah, hasn't he's played, played really well. well. We haven't had yeah. the game where like he goes into Kuz control mode and like, yeah. you know, takes over. Um, we will. Against the we've, we've had, we've certainly had a LeBron night. Oh, yeah. yeah um, ridiculous. I, I still kind of think we haven't really had an AD game, even though he's had like some 40 point games. Like, well, he, he <laughs> said, he, he said the same thing. Like yeah, he was talking to, um, uh, uh, Laker reporter. Um, why am I forgetting his name right now? Um, Mike Trudell. Mike Trudell. He was talking to Mike Trudell, and uh, he's he was like really down on himself. He's like, you know, I wasn't very efficient on offense, and um, there's like a lot I can do better. And the dude scored like 29 points on what was it? Something ridiculous. 10 of 18. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> okay, 12 rebounds. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. And he was he was like, ah, you know gotta step up i gotta do better than this <laughs> and i know and it, it it's proving what we've been saying though is like any anywhere around like the 25 points is like kind of a bad night for anthony davis in the playoffs which is yeah. hilarious and a great floor for the lakers overall but he it's gonna take him going for 40 to 50 for us to be like there we there go. you go yeah that's him playing we've really, like we like lebron has him in the muse cage like so badly i know, I know totally <laughs> But but it's true. Like that's just that's just how good he is, and he knows. Like ah, oh, you know, if I was just a little cleaner on that, if I didn't have that turnover, if I just would have hit that open three, yeah, a few more things there, that's a forty point game. Yeah, and he like he gets it, and he knows that's that's that should be his floor, which yeah. is awesome for us. And and I I think he's growing in the right way because we're we're gonna see the fruits of that labor. Totally, because sure. if you, if you think about it, like I I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, okay? But yeah. like. We are now nine wins away from a championship, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And if you think about what it's going to take to get those, right, we're going to need a couple big LeBron games, which we can count on. We will get a couple yeah. big LeBron games, like assuming yeah. that we could, assuming that we win the Western Conference Finals and, and get into the finals. Like we will have some big LeBron games. We haven't yet seen an Anthony, a big Anthony Davis game, but like he has them in him. We we know oh, he yeah. does, right? And of course, uh, and because we haven't seen them it almost makes me feel like it's that much more likely that we'll see a couple before this these playoffs are over mm-hmm. and then like we said we still haven't really had a big danny green game which i think is out there we still haven't mm-hmm. had a big kyle Kuz- like I, like we we keep talking about this but like there is more room for this team oh yeah 
Oh, yeah. And the thing that makes me feel the best about it is they've gotten punched in the mouth a couple times in those two game ones, and they really corrected fast, and they played with heart, and they responded. And they, they've gotten punched, you know, in the middle of games now with that crazy epic third quarter that the Rockets had was a game two. Um, and, you know, co- overcoming that adversity, figuring out how to do that as a team, um, you know, stepping on the neck a little bit, the, this team is getting really dangerously good at that. And that, like, that's, again, one of the little comparisons that I saw to the Heat, I feel like the Heat have gotten really good at doing the exact same thing, playing that underdog role and just like gunning for them and, and being able to take a punch. I feel like all of those things are the most valuable probably in out of every stat that we're going to talk about, rebounds or whatever. Um, all of that kind of flows from the ability of like, can you make the adjustment? Can you see that PJ Tucker crashes the boards every single time from the weak side corner? Yeah. Like, can you figure that out and box him out? And yes, yes, we can. Yeah, we did. Um, uh, okay. Couple, couple other quick ones, uh, in or out. We've already started scheming for the Clippers. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. We've been scheming for the Clippers since the quarantine began. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I feel a lot better about that game one. Yeah, me too. We don't have to wait to find out who the opponent's going to be. We know who the opponent's going to be. Um, last one. Uh, in or out since Doris Burke is already assigned to do all of the ESPN radio games, mm-hmm. uh, which she should just be on TV for all of the finals games. But uh, mm-hmm. um, Stan Van should call all the finals games. Yeah. And I don't care that he works for Turner. And I think it's Disney that, that is doing the finals. Mm-hmm. I agree. He's, he's way better than his brother. It's funny because I like most of the time that I watch other teams play, I don't really listen very much. Um, and then most of the time I watch the Laker games on the Lakers channel on Spectrum. Um, so, you know, now that I was forced to switch to national broadcast begrudgingly, I, I, I really like Stan's takes. I think he's been a he's been a good commentator. And I hear what you guys are saying. He's he's infinitely better than his brother. Um, I, and it's also hard to recognize him because his voice is like this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so used to him as a coach. Like he, he also like I, I think the difference is. Like, uh, you know, he's he's coached a team to the finals. Yeah. Like in our lifetime (laughs) or at least in our like adult lifetime, you know, he's a little Uh more up to speed on the league. But Mm -hmm. also, I think he passes your litmus test, which is that like I learned things from him. Yeah, totally. He had a really awesome nugget where he was like after um, free throws, they always go to AD like on the elbow. Yeah, it was a good. good I was like, whoa. You're right. They yeah. do. And, and totally you know right. what I mean? Like I learned uh-huh. stuff from him. So I, yeah. Yeah. yeah Anyways, I feel like we great. always complain about the commentary. So I just wanted to slip yeah, this in here. That throw him a bone. I know. Not I, just totally haters. There with it. No, it was, it was good. I, he's, he's so much better than his brother. His brother wants to talk about like songs that he wants to sing in karaoke and like, <laughs> I don't know. He's, he's just not. He's just, just done it too much. I think, I think he's gotten too comfortable yeah. with the booth. I think that's the, I think that guys reach a yeah. point where they're too com- color commentators reach a point where they're too mm-hmm. comfortable with the booth mm-hmm. and they don't feel like the pressure to deliver like a good performance anymore. And they're just yeah. talking and I get it. These, like- some, some of these guys are doing two games a day in the bubble. So like, I can't mm-hmm. totally blame mm-hmm. them, but still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he'll step it up for the finals, but yeah, I mean, there is, I don't want to listen to your podcast while I'm watching a game. I think that's the biggest thing I could I'll listen to your podcast at a different point while I'm doing my dishes, but not while I'm watching the game. Yeah. There was one moment though, that was still pretty egregious to me where you would, you would, the first time you had to watch one of these games nationally broadcast this season, you're like, 
Mm-hmm. You're like, stop showing me things other than the game while the game is happening. Wow. And, the game. and they, they did it uh, two nights ago where like Russ went to the bench and instead of showing the live action that was happening, they just had full screen, a camera on him sulking to the bench. And you could hear the game happening in the background. It was like, what are you, what are you doing? Or maybe it was PJ Tucker going to the bench, but it was just like, I, I don't care. Like, show me the game, you know? It was terrible. Seriously. Um, all right, cool. So enough of that. A uh, couple just kind of like random things. Um, I wanted to ask if you had heard this clip yet from the Dream Shake pod uh, that's part of SB Nation talking about Alex Caruso. Have you heard this? Nope. All right. I want you to listen to it right now. Freaking average players, which is what Alex Caruso is. How many how many points tonight? He had 16 points. He had 16 points. <laughs> Alex 16 Caruso. Points. <laughs> Unacceptable. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's frustrating, man. It's- oh yeah. God. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Can you imagine those guys are so mad. Well, because he he doesn't get it. Yeah. He just doesn't get it. Like he doesn't know <laughs> that he's not he's not an average player. He's not. It's just not. <laughs> and that's what happens when your defense is so focused on two guys. Now you know the guy that isn't a superstar offensively is going to get some free baskets because your heads are all turned. Y- yeah, that's so good. He's probably uh, yeah. an Astros fan too. <laughs> Most most likely. But I think this fits into this like kind of narrative around this team that mm-hmm. they're like they just like expect that they should win. And then when they yeah. don't, they just blame it on everything around them. They, there's no accountability on this team. It's it's like like you sent me these quotes after after game. I think it was after game two. Mm-hmm. where they basically basically the game where we like locked in defensively and like it wasn't just the players mike d'antoni was like they're desperate we know how to how to handle this we've handled yeah. this before and then yeah. someone tweeted they listened to a um locked on rockets pod and their takeaways mm-hmm. were that the all the people were talking about was the lakers got lucky houston mm-hmm. sh- shooters got cold feet lebron gets every mm-hmm. call and lebron won't play like that again Yeah, right lebron gets every call like, so funny James Harden had more free throws last night than our entire team combined. He had 20 and our team had like 16. So don't talk to and me about, about us getting every call. And how many, how many field goals did he make? Two. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I feel like the empirical evidence plays that one out. There's one, there's one notable player on the Rockets that they've built the entire team around that prefers foul shots to any other shot. And I get it from an analytics perspective, but I do not have to like it from a basketball perspective no and and it's it's like you were saying about the pete zayas comment like this this team is one thing and when that thing doesn't work they just tantrum they don't they don't stop Mm -hmm. and think like what could we be instead Mm -hmm. how could we change how could we play differently again it's this team is has the personality of james harden the second that you take we saw it this entire series that was a whole game plan was get the ball out of harden's hand and then have him go sulk in the corner because it didn't go the way he wanted it to yeah and that's he doesn't play off ball he just gets mad and then goes stands by the logo 
I mean, hopes, it is, it is literally crazy to watch him do that. Like, he passes the ball, yeah. and then he just exits the play. I know. What, what so-called superstar plays like that? This is, this you, is why I, I can't get behind anyone voting him as MVP. I know. Me either. He just can't be. Like, he, he like, I mean, so, someone, so, someone, I think Kevin O'Connor on The Ringer called him, like, like, uh, Carl Malone of shooting guards or something like that <laughs> and it's it's so it's but at least Carl Malone like had a better attitude oh yeah yeah I, I, yeah there were circumstances yeah yeah but, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I like they the team is hilarious because they their two superstars are the two guys that are like yeah you're the regular season MV, MVP sometimes but you're really selfish to get there Mr. Triple Double every game because I don't let my centers get rebounds. <laughs> so well, you know I what I know. what I loved in particular about last night's game was mm-hmm. if you look at Russ's line, it actually was pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook, yeah, he, he, he played forty one minutes. He shot eight of sixteen mm-hmm. uh, with fifty percent. That's solid. He yeah, was for him. three of eight from from three, which is. Um, not amazing you probably don't want russell westbrook taking uh more threes than james harden yeah but three of eight's not like an unacceptable percentage of course not uh he was six of nine from the line again you'd like him to score more Mm -hmm. of his free throws but that's not terrible uh he had three rebounds which that's low for him i suppose for him yeah three assists three steals one block he only had three turnovers Mm mm-hmm and he scored 25 good, points. Like that is a game. solid line for 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 Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I don't think he he lost them that game. Mm, no, no. I, I right. Agree. I do think he maybe lost them the previous game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's the thing for me was like you and I at the beginning of the series were talking about, hey, look, this might come down to like if Russell Westbrook is good or not night to night. Mm-hmm. And in nights when yep. he's good, we, we could lose. And in nights when he's bad, we'll probably win. Well, we just won when he played well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that and to that, me that, is the, that yeah. to me is the, 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 you know, the kill shot is, it's just like, yeah, you shot over 40%, both mm-hmm. like, like Russ played well. I know that Harden didn't, mm-hmm. but that's his own damn fault. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and it's our scheme's fault. I mean, I think that AD has been being otherworldly in like doubling, you know, and then, then hedging back and closing out to the, guy who gets the pass it's like having a sixth defender out there because he's so long and so quick but like let's just think about this positionally like if you were to make a quick list of who the greatest shooting guards of all time are right yeah there are people who want to put james harden on that list right yeah and the list is the the list is Tony wants to put him at the top yeah i mean the list is michael jordan Mm -hmm. it's kobe bryant Mm -hmm. it's Dwayne wade Mm -hmm. uh it's probably the logo Right. If we, if we mm-hmm. want to go back and then I'm sure that there are others that I'm forgetting, but those are the ones that kind of immediately come to mind. Mm-hmm. Would any of those guys have been so easily schemed out of a playoff series? Of course not. Of course not. Like, I, I just I, like James Harden is a is a good post player. Mm-hmm. Is he altering his game and trying to, like, play from the post? No, no, no. And maybe that's a coaching fault. But like, can you imagine like any of those, of those guys, guys. Yeah. just being none like, of those guys would have 
well, they're not well, letting me do the thing I want to do, yeah. so I'm just not going to try hard. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. That's the difference to me. I, I think it's time for us to have that conversation that, you know, he should be relegated and forgotten. <laughs> I don't think he deserves a legacy. I mean, here, I think he deserves an asterisk. Here's the question. Oh, that, can, that you tell the, can you tell the story of the NBA without James Harden? Yes and no. Like he, he's he. All he represents is like a blip of a struggle for like the Warriors, the Lakers. You know. I mean, I, I think you can absolutely tell the history of the NBA without James Harden. Yeah, yeah. If you were giving a summary, right? If you if you were if you were giving bullet points, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What's the bullet point that you would? It's, it's hard because he, he and Daryl Morey are kind of inextricably like linked as the like. Maybe Moneyball will work in the NBA. And it's like, mm, kind of does. Like, you know, that, that's kind of the, like, historical timeline. It, but you could tell that story without him. You could say, like, yeah, the Rockets made an attempt at, you know, building a small, mm-hmm. you know, high-paced, super-efficient team. Yeah, but at the same time, they're not the first to do that. The Warriors no. did that first, and the Warriors did that infinitely better. And they did it. They did it with statistics as well. So, and this is also kind of you know D'Antoni's son's take too. Like it's yeah, 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 exactly. So I That's yeah, good. I mean we're being really mean to Harden, but I th- he deserves there's it. just I hate there's there's, n- there's no sportsmanship in him, and I think that that's why I feel okay being this way about it because yeah. even Dame, right? We were shitting on Dame, but like. Dan would be the first guy to, at the end of a series, be like, they were better. Yeah. They were, they were better. Mm-hmm. They're the better team. They outplayed us. They figured us mm-hmm. out. We've got to get better. And how many stories are there about Harden being a bad teammate or not wanting to sit with people or just at, like creating I mean, a lots, toxic culture? So lots, I mean, lots and lots. I think that there's enough smoke for yeah, us to yeah, assume that yeah. there is fire. Yes. And he, like he's got the perfect coach for him and Dan Tony who's just going to enable him and never make him face like the hard realities I, I like that uh, and maybe that's what we're what we're harping on so much is that it's frustrating because Harden has the potential to be really really stupid good but he he just it's it's like it's like what um what Butler was feeling uh when he was uh in Minnesota just like you know I'm going to take third string guys and beat you if Harden had any amount of that mentality this would be a completely different series um, do you think it would matter if, if do you think it would matter if he had uh say a coach like bill jackson or like yes. greg popovich yes. or or any of any of those kind of like not this real, late real in his career tier. not this late in his career but if he had when he oh, was you, younger so you yes. think it's too late you think like the habits are too taught late and like ship has sailed i think he's done i think that i think that he is he's going to start cresting in terms of what his peak is because all he needs to do is lose a little bit of that first step and he's no no longer the same player, and I don't think he's that far from that. Man, all right, ready to putting him to him rest, <laughs> taking him out yeah. to pasture here on Luke Walton talks Lakers. <laughs> uh, I hope no Rocket fans are listening, or maybe I hope they are listening because they need a dose of reality. I have a friend at work who's a big Rockets fan, and it's funny because like all he does is complain to me about James Harden and Russell Westbrook, mm-hmm. and I'm like, wow, you get you get it. I totally get it. I also think that they made a huge mistake not having a center to pair with Westbrook off the bench for non-hardened minutes. 
well, especially in a conference where you're going to have to face at least yeah. one of Anthony Davis, Jokic, Jokic yeah. or Gobert. Of course. And you're yeah. just going to say, nah. Yeah. I mean, I get, like they, they did a pretty good job with it game one. Um, it's just it's just one of those things that you can scheme against and eventually you figure it out. But more importantly that than that, just on offense, it, you know, Russell Westbrook is he's a really good pick and roll player. And if you don't have any to do pick and roll with, then you're kind of missing out on the like reason why he's paid so much money. One of the reasons why he's paid so much money. Um, and then he's just a less effective player. And that's I think that's part of the frustrations that the Rockets have with Westbrook is that they're, they're like missing out on half of his game. It's true. having a pick and roll partner. So it just seems dumb. I don't Yeah. I, the, the, the stats can take you so far, and that is the playoffs. Because once you get into the playoffs, now everything is limited sample size. You have seven games, sometimes four. It's true. So like the large, large num- law of large numbers kind of goes out the window. And everybody actually plays defense. Yeah. And schemes against you and plays you multiple times. So those little inefficiencies that you can, you can eke out in the regular season that like people like Maury are so obsessed about, Great, that wins you regular season games. But the second that a team starts scheming for you over the course of a week, two weeks, now like those those advantages are gone, and you don't have relevant statistics anymore. And and you don't have enough time necessarily for something to um, like come back to the mean. It, totally, but the mean is wrong. That's my point. Is uh, like your yeah. your mean is against ple- ple- like your your averages are against people that are either inferior to you which or didn't didn't have is, time to plan for or you or didn't have time to plan yeah. for you or didn't or didn't care because it was a mid-season game in february <laughs> right you know and they just didn't show up so like that's what you're basing your numbers off of you're not basing your numbers off of like a relevant team that looks like the team that you're playing against that has the same type of intensity like it's true that that's that's, that's a great point you've got some you've got some like wizard games mixed in there where you just ran them out of town exactly Exactly. So you're you're just like any data. It's like, oh, well, that's noisy. But they're saying, oh, no, that's that's contributing power. That's contributing weight. It's like, is it really relevant, though, in this situation against the Lakers? That's like an elite defensive team. If You just threw out everybody and just focused on like top five defenses. And when they were locked in and planned against you, I guarantee you that the, the numbers for James Harden <laughs> would not look nearly as astronomical. I, I mean, I think that's a, yeah, it wouldn't for anybody. a great point. But that would look a lot better for LeBron. Like, just just think about the mm. finals that he played against, like Golden State. Like mm. that was an elite defense, schemed for him, all this kind of stuff. Dude still dropped forty on your head. So it's true. It's th- a great point. That's that's the stat that we're missing, and that's what people like Daryl Morey are just like whiffing on really hard. Damn man, you're uh you're gonna like you're gonna get like an offer to come work for a team's analytics department. The rate you're going, I'm in. this is some. No, I'm in. This is some. This is some next next level. Uh, you're light years ahead, as uh, as uh, the Warriors would say. I do that. I do it for like 30k a year in a chicken sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't take much. Just one chicken sandwich. Yeah, I like one a week. <laughs> okay, fair. Spot me like a Chick Fil A gift card every week. <laughs> I want some waffle bread. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's see, just a couple other quick things. Uh, I think we talked about this, but this is now three games in a row where Houston has lost while shooting over 40% after being 16-0 in all such previous games. Don't you love it? So again, like all this bullshit. Hey, of, like, look at the stats. Yeah, yeah. How's that maybe for statistics? Others, yeah, maybe those 16 games aren't relevant in this context. Yeah, 
I mean, I think the other thing that's that's kind of funny is like, you know, they shot 30, they only shot 30 threes in both the last two games. That, and I think that's relevant. I'm surprised that they didn't just try to unload the clip. Well, everyone keeps talking about how we've adjusted our game to try to play like them. Yeah. I think in reality, like we did that size wise, but not really stylistically on offense. Yeah, not stylistically. I think that they've actually been the team who's who's tried to play more like us offensively and it's stupid because the whole point of them having this roster is that they can just jack up 53s a game if they want to i know and i think it's ridiculous that they didn't try and pack the pain and force us to shoot more threes i don't know they just seem like it's poor coaching and for some reason d'antoni is viewed as one of the top coaches but i guess teams really like winning in the regular season that's always been part of the lakers strategy is like hey let them let them get those guys that win in the regular season we're gonna be focused on what matters i mean you know i I, like when has d'antoni had great playoff success never especially against the lakers yeah or with the lakers right with the lakers (laughs) yeah it's just because kobe was down people people throw that out they're like yeah last time the lakers were in the playoffs they got swept it's like do you not remember dwight had a broken back yeah steve nash's career was over and guarantee you we wouldn't have been swept if Kobe was in there, especially the way he was playing to get us into the playoffs. Yeah. And, and again, if Dwight's stuff. back wasn't like literally broken. Yeah. If we had Chris Paul instead of Steve Nash. Oh, God. A lot of what ifs. Yeah, for real. People think it's funny that we're still bitter about that. That, that That's not ever going away. No, they, they robbed cool. us of a title window of like a legit I mean, they, they, championship they, window for Kobe. They, they, yeah, they robbed Kobe from being able to tie Michael Jordan. But we're back now. We're you back notice now. that they always do when they end huddles, it's one, two, three Mamba. Yeah, I love, love it. it. And LeBron's Dude, still and wearing the 24 sweat yep, band on his ring yep. finger, whatever. Awesome. And this, now we're playing for something else is we're playing to erase some of LeBron's negatives in the goat conversation if he wins two more chips which i think is very possible now he's got five now he's in that upper echelon and he will have broken like every damn record yeah he'll own the playoff records basically yeah and and he'll win in the west so i feel like for all of those reasons oh and you were also saying that if we play the Celtics, if he gets a win against the celtics yeah that could cement his his goat status i i can see that uh we'll get to that conversation if we need to i hope we do um all right what else we got john um get a couple more things in here and then anything on daniel house i don't really care about this like i don't really care either yeah i I think he i think he's screwed up he should own up to it um i think that there's the nba wouldn't be doing this if there wasn't some decent amount of evidence and they're trying to you know protect the guy by not he's a good player but he's not a difference maker in this series like he he doesn't make them suddenly care on defense last night I think that Avery Bradley would have been more of a difference maker than Daniel House. Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah, there. I I don't think that it's, but teams love to make that kind of argument, so they'll 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 keep saying it. It's true. Whatever. You can still win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it's not. It's not hey, hard to, not if they know. keep letting average players like Alex Caruso score sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Um. How about this? You you pointed this one out. Uh, yeah. This like little window they threw up in the middle of the third quarter. Oh yeah, it was awesome. So this is in the third quarter. I, 
I wouldn't, again, this is the thing with the statistics, the fourth quarter, the Lakers took the, the foot off the pedal. That's going to throw off the whole way that the game looks. Then those first three quarters, they put up an awesome little team comparison. I feel like it's worth talking about again. Second chance points, Lakers 13, Houston 0. Fast break points, Lakers 12, Houston 0. Rebounds, 36 LAL, 15 for Houston. Like that. You cannot beat a team if that is a situation, especially where Houston needs those fast breaks to get in rhythm. And uh, we saw it just play out. Like that that was an abysmal um, uh, three quarters. Oh, for yeah. The, for the Rockets. Oh, it was, it was total amazing. dominance. I mean, Stan Van kept saying, like, if it wasn't for the fact that they had taken 20 free throws in a game where they had scored 40 points. Yeah. Like, they would be, they would, they would, yeah. they'd, they'd be, it'd be a blowout of epic proportions. Yep. And that's the beauty of this Laker team is like when they're on, holy damn, they're on. And I'm, ho- I'm hoping that we can see that against the Clippers. That's going to be a really big proving ground, but I think we will. Yeah, man. I, I, we will. I mean, I, I think that's where we're, we're headed. We'll see what the Clippers do tonight. Maybe they can mm-hmm. close it out against the Nugs and uh, hopefully we can close things out on Saturday. Against... Real quick before, before we go, I want to I want to talk about Clippers just a, just for a second. Oh yeah 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 you 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 seeded this. Let me hear it. So, the Clippers have been a team that we actually schemed for in the regular season, which is rare for this Lakers team to fully do. Um, and so we've we've seen a little bit about how the Lakers are able to play the Clippers and break them down. We even saw it. It's the first game of the bubble. I think the reason why we saw a good offense, uh, offensive and defensive scheme against the Clippers in that game one was not just because we wanted to clinch it up or we wanted to make that statement win. I think it's because we've been preparing for them the entire quarantine. Mm. I, think that that's, I think that that's part of the reason why we haven't seen great game ones is because Houston was never really on our mind as like, oh, that's a big threat. Portland was never really on our mind because they weren't even going to make the playoffs. <laughs> and so there, there, was like, there was like in-game adjustments, planning, um and there was there's definitely scheming but like the scheming wasn't nearly as in-depth as it needed to be and it's it's left me wondering why and i think it's because we've been focused on clippers bucks and I, i'm a little worried about the heat in terms of how much preparation we've done there but I, i'm assuming that they're doing that now um but i i think that against the clippers they've been trying to pack the paint um and dare lebron to shoot threes luckily lebron's shooting his threes again it's true so that's step one that's going to help blow up their their defensive scheme what we're seeing with the rockets with our five out play i think that's showing us really good opportunities to space the floor for lebron and i like like we were saying i don't know how many big men minutes we're going to see i do think that we're going to see some d12 against them though because they don't really have the interior like size to contend with him but i think i think you might be right those starting units might end up going pretty small for most of this yeah i mean they're they can i mean you know Montrez and Ivica Zubats are not like, I mean, Montrez is solid, right? He won six man of the year, but in terms of being like centers, like, yeah, they're not super imposing centers. Um, I think especially against Zubats, like I think Dwight Mm -hmm. can, can toy with him for a few minutes a game. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it'll be substantial. I don't know how much JaVale will see. Um, and, uh, I, I, I feel like we have prepared really well to match up against these guys now that um, like, I know that they're a very different team than the Rockets and a very different team than Portland, but there are some similarities where, you know, Portland had two main guys that if you let them burn you offensively, 
um, you're gonna have trouble. Clippers very similar. They have Lou Williams too, but like we're just gonna go Lou hunting. No, we're just exactly that's the thing. We don't have to worry too much about his offense because what he's gonna bring to them defensively, we're gonna play him off the floor. Yeah. And so that that's all we have to do, and then just guard those two guys. And yeah, you're not gonna guard them perfectly, but I think that we're gonna give playoff P a lot of trouble. And I think that Kawhi is going to eat just because he's Kawhi. Yeah. And we don't really uh, have yeah. a great Kawhi stopper. No, no, who, who does, man? Like yeah. he's, he, he, especially the way that he plays his game, he's going to get over to the elbow. He's going to shake a guy. He's going to use his strength and, and elevate over him. Like, I, I think that our, our best bet is to use AD on him. Like we've been using AD on, on Harden and Westbrook this series. Yeah. And I think that's going to help. Um, I think that we'll be able to throw them off their rhythm and pack the paint just like they're trying to pack the paint against us, but then get out in transition and, you know, use some of the things that we saw against uh, Houston where we were having to be a little bit trickier with their passes, having to fake more. Those open passing lanes just weren't there. We, we, we got sloppy in game one and we paid for it. And I think that those are valuable lessons that we're going to be able to carry forward to the Clippers. I, I don't think that it's, it's as night and day as people have been making it out to be i think that a lot of what we learned in these playoffs and how this team has gotten crisper is going to really pay dividends in a way that i don't think that the clippers have had to do mm-hmm. i think we face more adversity more adversity than they've oh, had of course to. of course these have been better teams they've been harder teams trickier teams and i think that all of that like is is forging us in the in the you know furnace of the playoffs so when we come out i think people might be surprised i don't know if this is going to be a seven game series i don't think so I think that, that yes, there will be more adjustments. So I, I would, I'd be uh, hesitant to say that it wouldn't be a six-game series. But I, and I do think we need to get game one. Yeah, and I think that the I think that the Lakers know that, and I think that they've. It would be nice to have. It would be nice to start it off with a lead. That would be a nice change for this playoffs. Yeah, let's let's just say I'd be surprised if we didn't. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. Um, so I think it's going to be them adjusting to us rather than us adjusting to them. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. I like that. I mean, I hope you're right. I hope that's the case. Um, so yeah, we've got, uh, game five, hopefully the last game of this series on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, look, it's not out of the question that, that, you know, um, that they pull one more win out of this series, right? They're, they're not a rockets are not a bad team, despite the fact no. that we've kind of owned them. I think it no, will literally come down to are we going to be committed for one more game or not? I think I would. They're a great team. They're a great team. I, I the the only reason why I have been talking about them the way that we have been is that like the Lakers are just uniquely built to morph. Yeah, yeah, yeah to- We're totally. A far more flexible team. Totally, but but still though, I think because they have their kind of one mode. Yep. It will come down to we will win this series in whichever game we decide to be locked in and try really, really hard. And I mm-hmm. really hope that that's game five and that we just put it out. <laughs> I know. You know, I hope that we don't come in and like kind of play sloppy and feel like we have it won and then have to turn it up for game six. You know, I hope we just come yeah. in and, and roll them. Uh, yeah. But, but anyway, so, so that's, that's our next game. Um, I think, you know, we'll, we'll probably do another one of these once we, you know, before the Clippers series, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit more in depth. <laughs> All right, man. That was fun. 
Uh, I just want to thank all of our followers for tuning in and invite you to please subscribe to our pod on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Pods, or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, check us out on social media. You can find all the links at LukeWaltonTalksLakers.com. Lakers over Clippers in six. Yep. I'm with it. (laughs) And we win game one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. See you, buddy. See you. Good!